Hi and welcome to the Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefney Early and you are listening to episode 55 of the podcast. It's Saturday, which means it's a current affair. And today I will be talking to one of our county councillors, Ita Reynolds Flynn. I'll be chatting to her about her first three months on the council and her apprenticeship since her teenage years working on behalf of the people of Ballinamore and the surrounding areas. She's now based in Gortletra and I'll be chatting to her about the issues that affect her and the people in her area. Last night I sat down with two of the three girls who are currently swimming the Shannon. Eileen and Tony, who are two-thirds of Flo Bio, the first female attempt to swim the length of the River Shannon. They've made phenomenal progress over the month of August, but anyone who's been in the country over the last week or so has seen the absolutely atrocious weather that people didn't want to leave the house. Could you imagine trying to swim across Loch Ree or Loch Derg in that weather? Well, that's exactly what our intrepid adventurers attempted to do during the last week or 10 days or so. Unfortunately, due to the weather and the water conditions, it just wasn't safe enough to attempt to swim for a number of days. So the girls have been cooped up on the boat waiting to get back in the water. I sat down last night with Tony and Eileen for a rather emotional conversation about how the last 21 days have gone for them. More on that later in the show. Let's get chatting to Ita. Ita, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bethany. I'm delighted to be asked. Well, you're more than welcome, and thank you very much for the hospitality here in your home, almost in Longford. You really are pushing the boundaries of the county here. Yes, I am an eighth of a mile from the Longford border, but of course I came from Ballinamore. So I suppose my roots are there. I am 29 years here in Gartletra. I fell in love with Frank Flynn at age 22. And uh, so we moved here and reared five children. And Frank has a farm. And we run the pub in Ballinamore and we had a business there. So I'm between both places. I'm 13 miles from Ballinamore. Now, it's your first time on the council. It's your first term as a county councillor. But... The Reynolds aspect of your name is not new to Leitrim County Council. No, it's not. So I decided I had to call myself Eta Reynolds Flynn. But most people call me Eta Reynolds. Uh, and then some people call me Eta Flynn. And most people call me, which is very strange, Eta, because they always referred to my father as Pacho. They never really called him Pacho Reynolds. They just called him Pacho. And I find now that people just say, oh, hello, Ita. Probably so you, you're so important, you don't even need a surname. Everyone uh, knows who the top is. It's not that I'm so important. I think it's just because it's an unusual name. It's like Kylie or Beyonce. It's just oh, Ita. yeah, yeah, probably. But I was born on the 15th of January and came early. So my name was decided on that account because it was after the saint. So that could be a good omen for me. You're asking me now about the Reynolds part. Yes, I was reared with politics, used to politics. But as I said and I said it within Fine Gael at my party. I, my grandfather was in politics, my grandmother, my father, and my brother, Jerry. But I am Eta Reynolds Flynn, and I like to do things my way. But I got great apprenticeship or great advice from my father and from my brother, 
and what I remember of my grandmother. Of course, I don't remember my grandfather. But my mother was always at home and they always would say she was the politician. So I suppose behind every good man, there's a good woman. So behind every good woman, there's a good man. I liked the politics, but I liked people and I liked to be involved with them and I liked the community. And that's how I started. Because when we were young, we lived beside the church. So you were asked to clean the church. So you cleaned the church. So then you were asked to join the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts or whatever it is. So you joined. You never had a fear of not joining. Now, it didn't matter how good or bad you were. And I will tell a story. We belonged to a band called the Lily Dorsey's Band. She taught us music when I was younger. And we used to go every year, five of us. I played the accordion at that time. And we used to win the, that round, we'll say the Leitrim uh, part of it. And we would then be brought forward to the Galway part, the, the Connacht. But Lily would turn around and say, now you were great and it's great you won and that's good, but you won't be going any further because you wouldn't get anywhere. Now, if that was nowadays, we probably would have to go to see a psychiatrist, have to be looked at. But nobody passed any remarks and we came home and said, yeah, we won, but we're not going any further because we wouldn't win anymore. I was reared like that and reared in the street and I had a great childhood. And then I was used to people and I just loved helping them out. How are you finding your first three months on the council? Well, it's busy. But most people that I meet, if they want something, I have a little red passbook I now bring in my handbag and I've got a smaller handbag because I notice the men can just take the book out of their pocket or their little side pocket in their jacket, whereas the women can't just do that. And uh, I don't like doing it on my phone. I prefer write it down. So I have a passbook and I write all my little notes in that and then I transfer them uh, into representations and whatever I do. So I am busy. Uh, all local issues, roads, uh, national issues would be disability, which I would have a strong interest in. Uh, I'm a treasurer with the LAPWD, Leitrim's Association of People with Disability, for approximately eight years. I like to see the disability sector you know, getting in the forefront and having funding and it's quite difficult now. And of course, if you go to home help and care for people with disabilities, it is hard. And I did bring up a motion on the council about high dependency care. Well, let's start there. Tell us a little bit about what your plans are, what your issues are with the whole treatment of of people with disabilities across the county. Well, first of all, it would be care. Uh, With LAPWD, our ethos is independent living whereas now it has moved that the people are not say for example somebody had ms multiple cirrhosis and they would like somebody to bring them out shopping or to assist them maybe a lady on dress shopping or something that maybe there might be no lady in the house that could help them so that they were independent and they could have this help like now it has gone from that to really high dependency help and that makes me sad because our ethos is is you know been drawn away all the time it's not it's it's all just with high dependency issues which means there's more people caring at home more people doing more work and they're not really getting paid for it and they're not getting any assistance my own mother was visually impaired so we were lucky enough we did get home help but there was four of us in the house and we lived around so we all gave a hand 
it was very difficult and now it's getting worse like so home help is a big issue as a society though have we got to the stage where we expect the state to provide everything for us or as families should we take some of that responsibility on ourselves to care for our own um, people who are in those situations like the the idea of going to the shops is that something that we as a society whether it's our, our family our friends our neighbors could help us with rather than having to provide paid support well the example i gave you there was really of somebody with multiple cirrhosis which would they would be affected quite badly so they wouldn't be able to drive and say they were a woman they might want to go for personal shopping needs and they wouldn't be able to bring somebody with them so in that case that would be a necessity and it's nice to be able to go to your own bank account and look at your own things and to be able to walk into the bank and have access to the bank and access to your own personal materials my mother was visually impaired which meant when she got her pension everybody else had to look at it first before she could know what it was her independence was gone so she didn't even know how much she had in her bank account somebody had to tell her now there are aids and different things out there which we could talk about but i'm just saying why the necessity is there and why it's needed there's things that you forget about you don't realize if you everything was taken from you your independence like that it sounds as if oh it's great i'm just bringing them shopping but it's nice to be able to do your own little bit and just be able to help and then you have an independence but when you're all your independence is taken away from you that's where the difficulty is now you're asking me about do society expect a lot now probably but then families are smaller it's not like years ago there was more people in the house like that could help or the grandmother was in the house and maybe if there was a child that was a bit contrary or whatever there was somebody to help you but nowadays you see people are working and they're they owe more money they have to have a, maybe they want too high of a life i don't know but the majority cases definitely not absolutely i think and breastplate obviously is a huge part of that as well as that if you're dealing with whether it's an elderly a parent yeah. or a sibling or a child who needs help or needs attention 24-7, you need a break from that yeah. as well. Yeah, you definitely need a break. I have a friend who has a high-dependent uh, daughter and, like, she only wanted to get something done with her. She had an ingrown toenail. She could not take off the time to go. It just wouldn't work. And then she will get, she has a care package which can help her. But that's just to, for her to replenish herself for two days every eight weeks. Two days every eight weeks? Yeah. That's not nearly enough. Without no. even knowing the specifics, like that's two days off in eight weeks. If, yeah. if we were asking employees to do that, they'd be uproar. Yeah, that's one night. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah it's yeah. one night. So she's allowed one night go out for a meal. You know, that people don't think of that and they think, oh, that's great and she's a great woman and she's great with the, her daughter and she does everything, but so who cares? What's the answer? What can, what can Leitrim County Council do? What can the authorities do? Well, Leitrim County Council will say, of course, that it's a HSE issue, but we need more representation on the councils, like on steering groups and that from the HSE to assist us with getting this right. And... The high dependency unit we have is in Tullahan. 
So if I live in Ballinamore or I live where I live now. You're an hour and a half from An hour and a half. And then you leave the person down or your child or your mother or your father or whoever it is. And it's from Monday to Friday. And it closes at three o'clock and it opens at two o'clock on Monday. So you don't have the weekend. You leave them down. And then if they go to daycare somewhere, they have to be got ready. And that might be back in Ballinamore in the rehab in Ballinamore, which is a great um, place. That's it. So how do you leave your child down there to getting up at six o'clock in the morning to be ready just to have them out in daycare? You know, it doesn't work. Tell me a bit more about the LAPWD, just while I have you, and you're the treasurer of the organisation. So what do they do? What support do they offer? Our ethos is uh, independent living. Uh, we offer mostly from for people from age 18 to 65. Uh, now, it is... It has got harder to get help. We have a budget from um, the HSE. And if somebody comes to us who needs help or requires help, we have to make a case to the HSE to get the help. And we have carers. We have a staff of 58 carers. And uh, it's seven days a week. Um, It's getting more difficult to get help for people. There has to be more and more things wrong with the person now wrong is the wrong word to use uh, there has to be more the dependency dependency has to, has to be higher the dependency keeps getting higher and that's what they forget about and they forget about so then you leave when the dependency is so high when it was maybe a little bit less you you know your mental health can go like you know so many things can happen because of that so if you were 21 and you had MS and you have a carer come in and you might like to be brought to the cinema because you don't know whether your friends can bring you or can they manage the wheelchair, do they know enough to do it. You know, you need the professional care. It's just all over the place. The dependency issue is the, is the problem because you have to be so bad to get anything now that there's no in-between. It doesn't sound like we're in a great spot. And again, resources tight everywhere. Yeah. And everywhere you talk to it, it's the yes. councillor, the HSE, they just tell you it's somebody else's issue. Somebody else. And our board, we fight continually to get extra hours. And our manager, Karen McPartland, she fights all the time. She's meeting the HSE, working, and she has to keep making cases and cases upon cases just to get extra help. If it was just to help somebody, if I took the example of my mother, if she had to have a bath once a week, you know... It was, you need two people. You cannot do that on your own. It was too risky. So again, health and safety comes into it. Every issue comes into it. Let's turn our attention for a moment to an issue on the very front page of the Leitrim Observer. And that is to do with Irish water and the lack of shower facilities in six properties in Balnamore on Church Street. Now, my grandmother lived, and my mother was born on Church Street in Ballinamore, uh, and I know how my grandmother would have been had the water not been available to her. What's the situation? Well, the situation, what is said in the Observer here, is Irish Water is acknowledging the ongoing level of disruption to water supply for the properties, and works are expected to commence uh, in the quarter of 2020 which is just unbelievable I mean to think in this day and age that there is no water in a house 
and that you're dependent. I have to wait six months to get water. And I have to wait six months. So there's issues. There's ongoing issues. It's just a disgrace. That water would normally come from the same source as everybody else in the town. Oh, yes. Yeah, but it's old pipes. So they need to be reconstructed and they're looking for funding. But, I mean, it is an emergency. It has to be dealt with immediately. There's it seems bizarre to me that in a case where, say, uh, the pipes are, are broken in a town, they can have a tanker in in no time. Surely arrangements could be made even on a temporary basis. Oh, I'm sure they could. And uh, as you know now, if with the council, now it's gone to Irish Water, from the council, county council to Irish Water. So, And we have met them. Uh, Irish Water have come to the council chamber to meet all the county councillors and they have told us that we can ring in and we can uh, inform them when there is a breakage or a breakdown of water continuation or whatever but it's just unbelievable that it's, it cannot be fixed it's just not acceptable I'd have to agree with you on that but uh, we'll watch this space and see what happens and hopefully yes. the, the inhabitants those six families or those six houses in Ballinamore can make some arrangement to get access to clean water As I mentioned at the start of the episode, the show is sponsored today by Urban Fit Crew. The box fit class is taking place in Kiltard Community Centre, just outside Carrick and Shannon in County Leitrim. They have ladies box fit classes from 7 to 8 every Tuesday and Thursday, immediately followed by men's classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, also at 8 to 9pm. You can, of course, register online, urbanfitcrew.ie, or contact them by phone on 87 977-7484-or-by-email-boxfit-at-urbanfitcrew.ie. Now, their classes are starting on the 10th of September, and you need to book your place as soon as possible to make sure that you do not get disappointed by missing out. There is also an offer of a free class for all new members to come and have a look, see if you like it, and then you can sign up. So don't be shy. Come along, have a go, see if you're hard enough for the box fit now it is suitable for beginners as well as people who have done this before and i actually did these classes in a former life when i lived in dublin the people behind urban fit crew as you can probably guess from the name were in dublin and ran these classes up there while i might not today be a shining example of what you can get out of a fitness class at the time it was very enjoyable and i got really really good results from it so i do heartily recommend checking them out and if it's for you absolutely sign up let's go a little bit closer to home here to yourself there was a story that i picked up on shannon's side during the week and uh, that you mentioned off air before we started about a neighbor and it's to do with the school buses here in the i suppose the east leitrim west longford areas tell me a bit about this story I am chairperson of uh, Gartletra National School and it is approximately, I'd say, six kilometres from my home. And I live at a place called the Nailers Cross where there is a bus pickup. So some of the children have to be driven to that point. And there is a neighbour here, Orla Waters, she won't mind me mentioning her name, and her son Mark is starting school for the first time and both Orla and her husband James work. Um. So every day. So they wish to have access to the bus to bring their child to the school and bring the child home because their grandparents live beside them so they would have been able to look after the children. 
Um, Erla has been advised that her nearest school is in County Longford in Ballinamuck. Now, there is no bus going by her house. So if Bus Aaron think that they're going to set a bus up to bring the child to County Longford, I don't know what they're thinking about or where their common sense has gone. While they can step up the road a few hundred yards and their son, who has just gone about four and a half, could go on the bus and be collected. Now, they have offered that the, he, he can be left at the bus about two kilometres away from here, which would be really at Gertletra football field. But it's not feasible because there's nobody to drive the child over there. And there is a bus here. So there's, I think it's a 20, 20-seater bus. I'm not exactly sure on that. But we're not looking for a 52-seater. I think what they could do is really... I think either 35-seater buses, maybe they could increase it to that, especially for Erla and Mark and their family, because she also has a second child. And then within the next year, if there's going to be social upheaval because there are about five children that will require the bus. It's not probably fair to just single out Orla and her family because no. it's a whole community issue and all 20 kids on that bus need a route it could be any one of them it just happens to be this child that's been omitted from the list yes but that's just for this year that is not including next year and you must remember if we all don't stay in our own parishes and things it's going to affect our local ga club our local boxing club our local walking thing like even socially just these kids socially, knowing each other and yeah, growing up together yeah they're not going to interact because they don't go to the same school and they'll say oh well, we won't meet up or they're not going to be invited to one another's houses or whatever way it may be and so what are the options what's what is the well, outcome the options for the outcome I, I presently don't know i we are really trying our best to make contact with bus Aaron and the department to try and make this situation work but and he's enrolled in gortletra he's enrolled in gortletra school so like it's a a, school, a child less for the school and it's going to have a knock-on effect on everything as we've said before and then the school again is going to come to the rural school is it going to close it just seems all a little bit crazy yes and it just seems like somebody who doesn't know the lie of the land has made a decision based on maybe what google maps is that's them. exactly it it's just like the they're up there and we are down here and we just want, I am a local representative. I am what it says on the, on the tin. And I feel if I cannot ring Bus Aaron, their local place in Sligo, explain the situation because I'm a representative and I want to do the best for my constituents or for the people I represent and that they cannot listen to me and they cannot see it is. Now, I'm not blaming the people that work in Sligo. It goes higher than that. But it is just nonsical on the front page of the paper and, and over the first couple of pages of the Leisure Observer this week we have uh, the news of the success of the new CCTV footage it was officially launched last week by the minister and by the guards and local representatives and it seems to have already paid off with one particular incident drawn the attention of the police and it was foiled before it became a much larger incident over the weekend it must be good to see that these kind of initiatives are making our communities and our towns safer. 
it is just fantastic and I would like to thank the Dolan family who are very much involved in it and it is making us all feel safer especially in all our local communities and it has significant impact on policing in the town of Carrick and Shannon and it will have it elsewhere because the, I'm sure it will spread out to other towns. Um, the minister um, was very positive about the CCT camera and when he listened to the story of the Dolans how they lost their son and maybe if there was cameras there it would have saved maybe his life who's who's to know or who's to say but um, I just think it's needed in every community and I think Carrick have you know really hit it on the spot and uh, everybody our chairperson uh, Enda Midline mentioned about how good it was also and uh, it's just been a great success yeah, I think in terms of the amount of people that come in who aren't necessarily known to the local police on a on a Saturday night or Friday night around Carrick, it's just it's nice to be able to see those incidents develop as they're in their infancy rather than as you mentioned Andrew Dolan's passing a number of years ago where one incident just flashed up and he unfortunately ended up losing his life. In terms of the other side of that, the people who would say it's an invasion of privacy, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you can't have it everywhere, you know, and um, I think, I really think it's a necessity. I don't think that's an argument. I think we have to have it in this day and age. And especially, we know the crowds that go to Carrick on a Saturday night or Bank Holiday Sunday night. Like, it's just impossible if, if you didn't have the CCT camera. You have nothing to, you have nothing to go back on, nothing to you know, to show what had happened and, like, that's it, they're caught red-handed. Yeah, I think it will act as a deterrent to people to maybe misbehave in the future when they see what happens to some of the people who have been caught on it. Now, speaking of positive news uh, in terms of safety on our streets, the end of that article actually references um, the no incidents in both Mughal and Balnamore during their festivals recently and of course no incidents of note in, in Drumkirin or Balnaglare over no, the last few weeks either else. but obviously Balnamore Festival is close to your own heart oh yes uh, we run a pub in Balnamore Patchos uh, and my husband does it mostly and we had no incidents whatsoever and the policing was fantastic um, Balnamore of course is my hometown so I'm very proud of it um, we ha we are hoping to start up a new theatre in it. Uh, we had um, a meeting in actually in our our own pub about people donating towards it, and uh, we're hoping to have it open by March two thousand and twenty, with seating of approximately two hundred and forty. Uh, and then we have a junction starting at the top of the town. Uh, which will bring an art, an art section to it. Uh, maybe uh, they will do up the railway line. The greenway will come in also into that to meet it. And uh, so there's a lot going on in Ballinamore, but it's all down to community and people, voluntary people. And it is the same where I live here in Carnegie. Uh, we're uh, starting to develop the park. Uh, it's well on, on its way now, and the community has donated. And... Um, we're hoping to have a playground and it's all down to funding and uh, national funding um, Minister Ring in fairness we have to say he has looked after rural Ireland in a lot of ways and um, 
like we have leader funding and I was on the LCDC local community development committee for a number of years and the funding we got was phenomenal and it does keep everything going like there, there's great things going on in Leitrim and there's great things going on in the Bandamore area like my children were reared here in Gartletra in Carnegie they had a great life they were educated here they're gone away now but they'll come back and like I think it's a great place to live and uh, we have so many good things that we're always inclined to just focus on maybe the negative negativity which we shouldn't all the time because there are good things and that's one of the reasons I wanted to be a representative because I want a representative for good things not just for negative things you know I've always liked to be around Leitrim and been very proud of being from Leitrim and I think over the last 50 60 days of doing this show I've seen even the nicer side of Leitrim that I didn't even know existed and there's so many good people and good opportunities and good facilities here that are on our doorstep that we probably don't even realise. So, Ita, that's all we've got time for this week. Okay. Thank you very much for joining me and for giving us a little insight into you and the issues that you're working on on behalf of your constituents. I'm sure we will be chatting to you as the weeks and months go by on the station. We will, definitely. And thank you very much. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And, of course, I have to mention everywhere else too, Clune and Fina, and we have beautiful new walk coming to Clune and Carrie Gallen. Uh, I was up at Gulladu Lake there and there's, they have a wonderful library there. They have a new school. We have a new school in Ballinamore, our new hospital. So everything is happening and we have to keep it happening. And that's what I intend to do. Excellent. Thank you. Well, the very best of luck to you with your endeavours. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that I was joined last night by Tony McGlynn and Eileen Maxwell of Flow Bio, two of the three swimmers who have managed to make their way under their own steam from Dowra at the top of Loch Allen the whole way down to the top of Loch Derg. Now, they did skip over parts of Loch Ree because of the seriously awful conditions in the weather and the wind that made it virtually impossible, to, well, totally impossible to get into the water and it was just not safe enough to do so. So the stages they have completed are from the top of Dowra down to Lanesborough and then from Athlone to Portumna along the river. So all that's left is the two lakes and the stretch from Killaloo down to Limerick. It's about six, seven days swimming. You'll hear more about it later on. But I chatted to the two girls about how physically it's been draining, but more importantly, how mentally it has been real drain on their resilience and their resources they're back in the water this morning they're attempting to cross Loch Ree over the next two days and with a break promised in the weather it would really be a great kick to get their campaign back up and running as they aim to get to Limerick by the end of this week here's what we had to chat about last night Now, it's been about 10 days since we caught up with Flo Bio, uh, the three swimmers from Anaduff, who are currently swimming the length of the Shannon. But I don't say currently, because you're not right at this moment as we're talking to you, but I'm joined by two of the three right now, Tony and Eileen. Welcome back to the programme. Hello, Brendan. Hello, Now, we're in Anaduff having a conversation. And of course, the last time we spoke was in Ruski, but because of the inclement weather all over the country over the last few days, it's kind of played havoc with the with the swim. How have we been getting on since we last spoke to you in Ruski? 
we flew it along out of Ruski, um, on up as far as Lanesborough. Lockree wasn't very welcoming, and we skipped on from Lockree then to Lockdurg, and Lockdurg was worse than Lockree. So we came home then for a few days to get refocused. And, and we swam the bit between Lockree and Lockdurg. Yeah, we did, yeah. Yes, so you have effectively done, in terms of the whole thing, it's obviously to do it in stages the whole way down the river. So you've done from the top from Dowra right down to Lanesborough at the top of Loch Ree. You took the little enforced skip because of the weather with the intention to come back and do it, which you're going to do tomorrow. We'll talk about that. And you've done this river stretch from the bottom of Loch Ree right down to Loch Derg. And you've even gone into Loch Derg and done elements of that as well. So you've made good progress in really, really tough conditions. How bad have the, has the weather been? Because it's been bad just walking around on dry land because it hasn't been that dry. It must have been an absolute nightmare in the water. Well, it was. Uh, definitely, I was off the way of thinking, don't rock the boat, but by God, it was surely don't rock the boat. <laughs> yeah, the wind The wind lifts up the water and, and while it mightn't have looked hugely, you know, bad on the lake for the boats but when you're a swimmer and you're low in the water and there's a wave maybe a foot high above you it's very hard to make progress through it or to even swim in it so we did have to call it a few times to get out of the water um, or not get into the water at all and of course with a southerly wind it's coming just into your face the whole day yeah mm. yeah yeah so that's what was happening we were getting slapped on the head left right and center and not making any progress at all it was very very disheartening, very frustrating. It was very hard not to be able to get into the water, but we had no options. We had no choice. Yeah. In terms of the preparations and all the work you did beforehand, mentally, how have you been coping with the last 10 days? Because it can't have been easy mentally to deal with that kind of, uh, totally outside of your control and just feeling the frustration of that. Yeah, it's one thing when you plan a rest day and you're having a rest because it's planned and it's scheduled in. But when you're when you're having a rest day in inverted commas and you you can't get into the water, it's 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 not as easy to relax and rest because you're you're anticipating, you know, where are we now on the schedule and how far down are we and what have we left to do? And are we running out of time? And that's the way my head was running anyway. I think Eileen and Heather weren't as weren't as um caught up with the schedule as I was but um, I, I found it very frustrating and hard to be sitting there looking out of the water and not being able to swim in it mm. like that from the physical point of view we had the training done that we were able now I know my shoulder played up with me coming into whatever town it was and uh, I had a we had a rest date the next day due to that anyway but we had a rest day anyway because it was windy so it didn't matter whether my shoulder was right or wrong but the the fact of your head, I found that there was no getting ready for that. That grand you can train, you can you can pound the road and run and get ready for a marathon and do the lengths of the pool and do all that crack. But by God, nothing gets you ready for the headspace. It was something else. So tomorrow morning, look back in at Lanesborough. Lockery is the target. The weather is promised good. Hopefully that won't be a problem and it will be... Uh, easier to make progress what's the uh, hopes for the, the weekend we hope to get um, across Lockery yes Saturday and Sunday yeah to go from Lanesborough down as far as Athlone we have that unfinished business we need yeah. to take care of obviously closing that gap mentally will be a huge gap in that you've done the full distance the whole way down to the, the last point you were in in Lockdurg yeah absolutely. yeah it will be very comforting to know that we have that bit done 
and then when we get down to Loch Derg, when we get through Loch Derg, a skip and a jump will have us in Limerick. Yeah. I think Loch Ree is always recognised as probably the, the more choppy of the lakes anyway. It's always, when in the cruises, it's always been the one that's harder to get across. So I think, again, if you get through that, I'm, I'm hoping that Loch Derg will be a bit of a, a doddle for you when you get back down there. That's now we know. didn't see the two lakes. Yeah, yeah, they're both equally has. Yeah, and I suppose Loch Allen, we were spoiled when we were crossing Loch Allen because it was flat cam. It was like the swimming pool, and we 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 kind of had a bit of worry about Loch Allen. It was our first lake, but we got over that because the water was so calm without even thinking about it really. Um, but then, I th- I think just because you have had the the experience of the the big lake in front of you and the chop and the bounce on it and recognizing that you know if we have to swim in this rough water and while it's it's very rewarding to be able to get into the rough water and swim in it realistically it's not possible to do it to keep going to swim in it you might do a short swim but you can't keep going to keep to keep plowing through it and from a safety point of view like even for the lads on the rib it's not safe for them to be out on the rib as well and for us climbing in and out off the rib and getting on and off the cruiser and that there was there was a lot of risk there that we had to take into consideration as well um so what is the plan going forward the plan going forward is, is we're getting in at Lanesborough tomorrow and we're going to swim as far as, I think it's called Barley Harbour. I yeah, think that's about 5k. Yeah, we'll stop there and we'll have some food, have a little rest, tell ourselves we're great. We'll admire the lovely flat water because there's going to be no wind. <laughs> and we'll get back in and we'll do another 5 to 10k <clears throat> after that tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, and then hopefully by Sunday we'll be out of Lockery, we'll be down at Athlone. Excellent, and then I suppose Loch Derg, so the prognosis is to finish maybe within the week to 10 days of the month? We're, we're if all going to plan, Loch Re Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and then down to Loch Derg, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Hmm. Have a day to play with if we need it. That's Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, then to do the bit from, um, what's at the bottom? Killaloo. Killaloo. Killaloo down to, down to Limerick. We reckon that's about a day and a half, but just so we have about a day and a half to play with to get there for Saturday. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's our plan at the moment, Anya. So fingers crossed, and if anybody has the, is lighting candles, light plenty of them, <laughs> and say the prayers for the flat water and to, uh, that the wind to just stop now. We've had enough of it. Just stop wind. <laughs> well, listen, I can only wish you the very best of luck, and I hope the weather is with you. I hope everything is with you, the flow of the water and everything yeah. helps you get across Lockery, Loch Derg, and that little stretch into Limerick. I think what yeah. you've done so far is phenomenal. You deserve all the credit in the world. I think maybe sometimes when you hit a tough day, you can maybe forget just how strong you are and what you've done to get yeah. to that point. Yeah, I, I think like when we were swimming into Clan McNoise that evening, um, I, 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 we had done like about 13 kilometres at this stage and I felt absolutely great and I was swimming along, the water was lovely mm. and I, I, I felt I was swimming li- really well and I got Cora to take a little video of me to, so that I could see myself because I've never really seen myself swimming um, and I, I just felt so strong and able to keep going and everything so I want to get back to that, I want to get back to where we were the day we were swimming into, that, into mm. Clan McNoise. Yeah. Well, I've no doubt in my mind that over the next couple of days that will happen for each of you in in your own way and the very best of luck to you. The beauty of this is that you're not trying to break a record, you're setting the record. So whether it's yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever it happens to be, yeah. I know that your names will be first on that list and the very best of luck yes. in doing that, girls. Thank no, you, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. What a phenomenal adventure those two ladies and Heather, Eileen's daughter, are going to be on 
over the next week as they are a race against time to really kickstart their campaign again. It got quite emotional. It's really showing how difficult this is. No female has ever attempted, never mind completed this challenge before. And I really, really hope that the girls can find that little bit of a window in the weather and push on and become the first names ever to have swum the Shannon in a female context. It will be phenomenal for them, for their families, but also for the community in Leitrim and to their triathlon club and all of the Anaduff community back in these girls. And we wish them the very best of luck as they endeavour to get to Limerick over the coming days. Today's show was a little bit longer than planned. It was, of course, sponsored by Urban Fit Crew. Thank you very much for your continued support of the shows over the last week or so and into next week. We couldn't do what we do here on the show without the support of companies like Urban Fit Crew. And if you would like to take advantage of their box fit classes in Kiltard, please check them out on the links on our social media. Tomorrow is Kiss My Arts and Orla popped into the Brefni Players ahead of their production in the dock this week, Conversations on a Homecoming, a play by Thomas Murphy. And they are in the dock from Tuesday to Saturday of next week. Orla had a chat with them. It's on tomorrow's show. I've got my tickets for Tuesday night and I cannot wait. So have a listen tomorrow and get your tickets before they're all gone. I'll be back on Monday with a review of the sports action from the weekend. Talk to you then.